definitely think it's a huge problem. Um, a, a lot of marketers, they just don't even know what content or even just digital touch points are contributing to their pipeline. Um, I think a lot of people are using like first touch or last touch attribution, but it's just a tiny part of the picture. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com AWT and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, Dors Kassiotis, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Phoebe Noche. Phoebe is the con marketing director at Notch. Prior to joining Notch, she served as a marketing director for a logistics SaaS startup and worked as a marketing consultant for CBG Food Brands. She also spent several years as the head of marketing and creative at a B2B digital media company. She was previously an editor at Cooking Light Magazine, a time in publication. Uh, Phoebe holds an MBA from Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management and a bachelor in magazine journalism from the University of Missouri. Um, we are going to talk about some very interesting things today, and I'm very excited about it. Phoebe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. As we do with every guest here at the SAS CSO, I would love to know uh, a few things about you and your background. I mean, besides the ones that we shared in the introduction. So if you could share uh, a few things about your journey, that would be a great way to, to kick uh, things off. Sure. So I originally come from the editorial world. Um, and I think like a lot of people who do come from the editorial world, um, you know, you go into it with, with you know, bright eyes and, and a lot of ideals. Um, but a lot of us jump into marketing um, because even the, it, well, for one, the journalism industry, as we all know, is not doing too well, but also marketing still offers that um, the brand storytelling, some of those same, same aspects of journalism that we all got into it for, um, but with a little bit more tangential results. And so um, I've made the the switch to the dark side of marketing. Um, and I ended up going into startups and kind of making that my thing. Um, I, I, I started at a digital media startup, then, um, then went into, well, then did some consulting, but then went into, um, a, a logistics SaaS startup just because I knew that 
that industry was booming and this was like at the beginning of the pandemic and all that. So, um, or just actually a little bit before the pandemic started. Um, and then one of the reasons why I'm at the company I am today was because I was part of the community and it, it just seems like a really great product that I wish that I was able to use. And coincidentally, they had an opening and and that's how I ended up at Notch. Okay, so today you're at Notch. For people who haven't heard of the tool and you know the company, not the tool, but the company, can you please uh, let us know a few things about uh, who you are, what you do, and who is a typical user and gets the most value? Sure. Um, so basically, Notch is, is software, and we make audience journey data really simple and understandable and actionable. Um, audience journeys are super complex, as I think we all know. I mean, they take multiple weeks um, over a lot of different sessions. Your audience takes a lot of routes that you don't expect them to, to take. You might be planning the specific pathway for them to take, but they're likely not to take it. Um, so Notch basically lets you visualize what those journeys are, literally step by step. Um, know what sources and content is actually driving to high value actions and conversions. Um, and basically how those people got there and then also prioritize, you know, how you spend your budget, um, and make it more effective and efficient. And I would say our top people who use it are digital, well, most marketers, but digital marketers, growth marketers, content marketers are probably the, the top three. Okay. The, the thing is, as I was, you know, taking a look at the website prior to recording this episode, I thought that, uh, like based on my understanding of what the tool's capabilities are, that this tool solves a very, you know, critical problem, which is uh, trying to help uh, people working in, you know, content teams uh, communicate the value of their work, which I know is a very big pain point because, you know, we work with these teams, okay? Uh, in many cases, we guide them. In other cases, we collaborate with them and so on and so forth. And at the same time, knowing that, I know, even though, you know, I'm not a data guy myself, I know that it's pretty difficult to find all these journeys and connect all these dots. Like I've tried to do that myself using Google Analytics, for example, it's really difficult. And I think that other tools that are in the market that supposedly, uh, like the promises that, you know, you can have a, a more, let's say, clear view of what's going on in most cases what happens is that they add an extra layer of complexity. And so for me, you know, there's no, not enough clarity when it comes to um, con marketing attribution nowadays. And I would like to hear your thoughts though. Like, what do you think? Do you see this as a problem? And what would you say in general is um, wrong when it comes to con marketing attribution nowadays? Sure, definitely think it's a huge problem. Um, a, a lot of marketers, they just don't even know what content or even just digital touch points are contributing to their pipeline. Um, I think a lot of people are using like first touch or last touch attribution, but it's just a tiny part of the picture. Um, for example, like if you spend a lot of money promoting that first touch piece of content because um, you see that it has that, that a lot of people do end up on that based on like page views or um, if it was on if you did did paid search, um, based on clicks, 
you don't even you don't even know at, at the end of the journey whether or not that's driving to the conversion or the high value action that you want. Um, same with last touch. If you're if you're just looking at last touch, you know that that is the last thing that they looked at right before they converted. But what did they do all before that? And how long did that journey take? You just don't even know. And so, yeah, I think content marketing is just having a really tough time proving its value to the organization. And if this recession or economic downturn happens, like everyone thinks it's happening or will especially happen at the end of this year, um, I mean, budgets are budgets are tightening and content marketing is often one of the first things to get cut, if not just marketing budgets in general. Um, and I, I think that people are looking, I think a lot of people want to find ways to to prove their value to, to the organization. They just don't really have the resources to do so. Uh, you know, this is a very uh, important point. I mean, very often we have conversations where people from inside companies that we work with on or you know want to work with um they just need help like proving the roi proving the value and at the end of the day like getting a very a more clear view of what's going on okay so that we can communicate that effectively and so that we can get more internal buy-in and so on to to do even more things uh, when it comes to con marketing seo whatever okay I understand that, and obviously this is a pain, as as we mentioned earlier. But I would like to to hear your thoughts on on a very practical level. What could be the benefits of having a better um, view of content marketing performance using a tool like Notch, for example? Um, in other words, and I will use a I will uh, use a, a word that you're using on your website. Uh, why should companies care about the uh, quote unquote missing middle? Um, that, you know, is, is part of your messaging, I guess. Sure. Um, it may be helpful to define the missing middle first. Um, so basically the missing middle is the, the audience's entire journey between that first and last touch. So literally what you're missing is, is all of that data that you can't see, or maybe you're just not set up to see well. Um, that middle touch could actually show up in a lot of journeys that end in conversion. So, um, I was talking about the issues between with with relying on first touch or last touch attribution. Well, if you could see what was happening in the middle of the journey, you might find that this one piece of content always showed like this one use case, for example, always showed up um, somewhere in the middle of the journey that ended in a, a conversion. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily know that without being able to see it. And so you could be wasting, you know, money or time promoting or distributing or honestly creating things that that just don't matter. And um, and and even if they are contributing to your pipeline, how could you be doing that better? Right? How could you be putting money towards something that would make it a lot more efficient? And I guess this way you can, like, let's say, optimize uh, your your customer journey uh, and. This could, as as I as I think about it, this could lead to many great things, such as, for example, reducing the uh, the sales cycle length uh, because you know what you know needs to be done in order to accelerate things. Um, but I guess the the benefits are really endless uh, from getting to to have a granular view of um, 
con marketing performance, what drives performance in, in general. Now you, you mentioned, uh, and you, you focused on your answer a lot on, you know, this middle, uh, this missing middle, let's say, uh, part of the journey. And I would like to hear your thoughts on whether or not based on your experience, I, I mean, is there a, a single, uh, attribution model, for example, last touch, uh, that's enough to paint the whole picture regarding, regarding con marketing attribution, or we should like use different models and try to, uh, I don't know, use a, a different approach. So I think that's, that's a tough question because I feel like every, every journey is going to be multi or almost every journey is going to be multi-touch, especially for something that if your product has like a high consideration value, um, you might see, you know, like a retail good where you, you know, put up an Instagram ad and immediately someone just adds to cart and buys it. That may not um, be a situation. That might be a situation where you could rely on those metrics. Um, but for the most part, for a lot of, and especially for SaaS, um, it, it's going to take a lot longer. And so you really have to, to consider multi-touch attribution. And I don't even know if I want to hone in on the word attribution because I feel like everyone says it's a dirty word these days. Um, but it's really just understanding what are all of these different touches that are influencing to that end conversion that you're that you're trying to drive people to or or that high value action that you're really trying to drive people to. Um, and so it if if we think about audience journeys as always being multi-touch, it, it's that's just how it's always been understanding it with clarity i think that's that's really what you have to do to to understand like the actual whole picture um of of how all of your touch points are are contributing to pipeline okay one assumption th that i have and something that you know bothered me for a while even for our own business and i would like to hear your thoughts on that is that when you have lower value, let's say products or services, um, it's always, you know, better to reduce friction so that things are easier. Um, for example, let's say that you have a SaaS product that starts at nine bucks per month. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, you have a, a, a higher value uh, product and even, even an, an enterprise solution uh, that starts, I don't know, you, the contract starts at, you know, 1K per month and you need to uh, sign, uh, sign up for a 12 month contract and so on and so forth. And my assumption is that in, in the, um, in the latter uh, case, the, the latter example, uh, it's better to add friction. Uh, so that you can qualify and make sure that, you know, people who are like the people who you funnel in and you uh, get closer towards to the end goal uh, are, are better qualified and at the end have proven that they really want this. Do you think that this is really applicable in some cases or uh, you haven't thought about it? Uh, and uh, I, I would like to hear your thoughts. I think it can be applicable, um, but... To me, it's not about adding. I, I think some people add those friction points um, because they have a hard time finding those quality leads or those quality potential customers. Um, if you already know who 
are the higher value people that you are that that are converting and you understand how those people got there if you understand that pathway you can just shape the pathway based on that so you might actually have some high quality customers that only took four touches and across only a few days to to actually get there you just might not know that um without that data so I see value in what you're saying and that I think that is that can be helpful for some folks but if you are if you know the pathway that your people are taking that that are the that are the leads that you actually want um that and they are getting to that conversion point there's not really a need to to add all of those different friction points to to make sure that you're having you know better quality yeah leads. Yeah, it, it makes sense. You mentioned multi-touch uh, attribution earlier and in general customer journeys that are multi-touch. And I would like to hear your thoughts on whether the future of con marketing um, attribution and performance uh, when it comes to SaaS companies um, is multi-touch. Do you think that this is where we, we are heading or this is where we are at already? I think that... I, I don't know if it's the future. I think that's how it's always been. Um, your audience has always been taking multiple touches to, on their journey to to get to that point. Um, I think it's really, if, if you're talking about finding solutions or ways to figure that out as a company, I think that is the future. People are starting to see the value in that and looking for solutions to help them or, or, or maybe they already have a solution like Google Analytics that they're willing to, to get into that nitty gritty and do all that analysis for. Um, I, I think people are just wanting to understand it with more clarity that that's the future. You mentioned Google Analytics, and I mentioned Google Analytics in the beginning of our conversation as well. Every time I try to, and once again, I'm not a data guy by by no means, but every time I try to uh, get into Google Analytics to try to figure things out, like it's just really hard as I see it. And my question is, how can we know what journeys are most impactful? Um, and obviously, impactful differs uh, for every company. Uh, every company has their own interpretations of what's impactful and how they measure uh, the impact. So how do we know what journeys are the most impactful? And how can we leverage that information, that insight, um, that intel to get better results as part of our con marketing strategy? So when you're deciding what journeys are most impactful, you might be looking at a, a number of different things. So um, it's not just about what journey is driving to the most conversions, but it could also be, like you mentioned earlier, um, shortening that sales cycle, or um, it could be about spend if you're on a tight budget. Um, so it, it really depends on your company and, and you know what are the, what are the objectives that you've set up for yourself. Um, but say that, say that, uh, say that shortening the sales cycle or accelerating the sales cycle is super important to you. You might be looking at which journeys are literally, you know, only taking days instead of weeks, instead of months, but you might still want to look at what are those longer journeys 
and seeing, okay, well, how can we shortcut? How can we change something about what we're doing to get people from A to B faster? So it could literally be changing up a CTA placement on your page, or if you know who that, who, if you already know who that lead is, maybe you're, you know, sending them that next piece of content that they needed to take in that step um, straight to their email inbox. It, it really depends on you, but having all of that information, all those pieces helps you make better data-driven decisions. Do you think that we could get as deep, as deep with that process as, for example, we have figured out and we know what journeys uh, not only are the the shortest ones in terms of you know shortening the the sales cycle, but uh, through these journeys we get the the clients or the customers uh, with the the highest LTV. Is this something that you have seen? And do you think that you know this happens or it's it's journey uh, irrelevant? Uh, let's say. Well, when you're thinking about customers with the highest LTV, like some of the things that you can play with are like customer acquisition costs, right? And so you could, if that's if that's something that a lever that you're trying to pull, um, you know, optimizing your spend based on you know the referral source that you see in your journey data that is literally driving to the most conversions. Like you, if you spend more there you may be, you will likely drive more conversions, right? And so you would be lowering your acquisition costs versus wasting it on, you know, um, a paid search ad that might not be actually converting, but has the low CPC. Um, you, if you're also thinking about customer LTV in a retention sort of perspective, you could all, you should also be thinking about the journey post lead capture, right? Um, or not, not post lead capture, but post sale. Like, don't forget about that post sales experience. What is that additional content or what are those additional, you know, marketing initiatives that you're doing to continue to retain that customer or it, the old like marketing term, surprise and delight them so that they become sticky and continue to, you know, spread the good news about your product, right? Um, there, there are a lot of things that you could do to find, um, to ultimately find customers that have that, that lot, that better LTV. It just, it just all depends. I think that the last point that you made is very important because we, you know, we, we often focus, especially when it comes to con marketing at SEO, SEO, okay. By default, um, because it's, it's, you know, it's a search game, uh, after all. So we 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 are so focused on acquisition and everything that happens before that and we often forget okay but um the the customer the person who has given us their credit card details and they get charged uh to use our service our product whatever every month they still need information guidance you know everything uh and we better be the ones uh who uh support them and you know give them all the information that they need and so it it would be very exciting and very interesting actually to know what are the journeys post sale as you mentioned in order to uh retain those those people make them power users and you know keep them more engaged uh with with your product overall so 
I think that this is a very important uh, point. Now, we, we talk about all these interesting things, and I would like to discuss contracting KPIs a bit. Um, first of all, and this is you know based on my experience, but I would like to to hear your thoughts. Uh, first of all, why do you think content marketeers and content teams um, fight in many cases uh, measurement and getting you know um, measured against specific KPIs? Well, I think part of it is that a lot of people don't have the resources to do it properly. And so they're being measured against things that they don't know they're actually impacting, right? Um, or I have seen um, a lot of folks who, and I say this as someone who came from editorial, but from the editorial brand side, traditionally you haven't been measured on some of those things and then now someone auto just wants to do that and so you may take that a little bit um a little bit uh harshly because you know you just never had to do that before and and a lot of us just want to write what we want to write because we think it's going to be good for the brand um i actually feel like if you have if you have the right tools granted being measured is extremely beneficial as a content marketer because you can prove for example something that a p an article that someone thought was super fluffy and and too top of funnel while it's actually dry it's actually impacting or influencing conversions in in all of these journeys um or uh you know, maybe there's an initiative that you're taking with a video that some of your leadership doesn't really believe in. But if you have a little bit of bandwidth to, you know, gather a little bit of data, um, you can actually show them that it is influencing, you know, people to go to get to this high value action. So I think if you have the right resources, um, measurement can actually really be your friend. I agree with you. Um, one of the KPIs that's that's often used by con teams is organic traffic, uh, and my sense is that organic traffic is is used and organic clicks are used as the end all be all regarding con marketing uh, and SEO performance. Obviously, do you find that wrong? And if yes, what do you think should companies do regarding KPI tracking? Well. I think organic is great. And a lot of times some of your best quality customers do come from organic because, you know, they were in a position to buy. Um, but, but, you know, organic clicks are just an indicator. You might see that someone is clicking on something a ton, or you might have a ton of page views or on something, but that piece of content isn't actually converting someone or, or in any kind of pathway to convert someone. Um, and organic is also not everything. I feel like a lot of people hate on paid, <laughs> but I think if you use paid as a strategic way um, to to boost the things that are driving to conversion, that's I mean that's content marketers should really embrace that more. Um, in terms of what companies should do regarding KPI tracking, I think it's just again setting setting it up correctly i think a lot of people are um you know picking kpis or picking metrics because 
either it came from top down and and this is what other initiatives are being measured against or um these are they were just told like these are the things that you're going to be these are the things that we're going to measure you for um and they they actually don't ladder up to the initiatives that they're doing or the objectives that they should they the marketing um has defined or even ultimately the business outcomes and so I think that's where the breakdown is regarding regarding KPIs. It's, it's just that they're not measuring the right things. Uh, speaking of the right things, I was reading one of uh, Notch's blog posts. I don't know who the author is, but the author mentions that metrics in this blog was uh, metrics like traffic or time on site aren't necessarily vanity metrics, which I would say having been involved in many conversations uh, around metrics and KPIs all these years, I would say that a very, like many people uh, conceive these metrics to be uh, as vanity metrics, even though I'm not quite sure what's the, the definition of vanity metrics. Um, but I don't know if you wrote, if you were the one who wrote this, this blog post, but um, can you please elaborate on that a bit and explain why and how connecting these metrics to business outcomes can lead to uh, more uh, meaningful KPI tracking? Um, so I did not write that blog post. My coworker, Nick, um, who's actually on our consulting team, he wrote this one. I remember it well because I did edit it, but um, banning metrics is just such a, it's just such a bad word these days. And everyone, you know, is, they're, they're just so, they're maligned, I guess. And this is anything from like impressions or page views or likes or some of the things that you mentioned too. They're not, vanity metrics have a use, right? They're not completely useless. It's just how you layer them together um, with your other data to, to, to use that to understand the bigger picture. Um, and so I think when you're when we're talking about connecting these metrics to business outcomes, let me just give you an example of, of something that would that something you might want to do. So for example, like if your outcome is um, like improving conversion rate for for leads to become actual customers, then you might want to identify like your objective based on that outcome to be increasing your lead engagement rate. So how do you measure your lead engagement rate? Or what are some of those KPIs that you might that you might identify to to uh, for that? It might be like your email click-through rate. Um, it could be your social engagement, for example. And so I think, and I I I hate to go back to that kind of framework, but I think a lot of people just aren't doing their due diligence in creating that actual framework. Um, and that is why. They're they're finding their KPI tracking to not to be meaningless um, is is because they're they're not layering those additional those additional they're not doing the, they're not having the rigor um, of 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 uh, measuring these things up to business outcomes and then they're also just taking each individual vanity metric as gospel truth or you know this thing had a ton of page views so let's go spend a ton of money on that. It is an indicator or it is a data point that you can use to say, okay, well, maybe we should take more, a, a deeper look at this, but it's not, 
it, it's not the only thing, but it's not useless. Like some people are, are making it sound like by calling it a vanity metric. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the last question that I have for you is, let's say that someone um, is listening to this episode and they fight against reporting and get against measurement, uh, but they know that sooner or later uh, they have to report on some KPIs uh, at you know the company that they are working at. What's the starting point? point of all that i mean how what would you advise to such a person what should they do first uh how should they think about things how should they communicate even the value of for example using a tool like notch to report better and like feel more confident about the work that they do um what would be your your advice to to these people if they build out that measurement framework then they can they can show that this is what they need in order to effectively measure success or failure of whatever that initiative is. Um, and when leadership sees that, guess what? You they can't they can't figure that out, um, or they only have uh, certain data to figure that out. But there are these big gaps. I think that's when you can make a better business case, um, and and. I think at the end of the day, a lot of folks they they're afraid to tell they're afraid to tell leadership that or their manager that they 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 can't connect marketing to business outcomes or they can't connect it to pipeline um, aside from some of these really surface level surface level pieces of data that they have. I I. I think that people just shouldn't be afraid to ask for the things that they need um, and show that, okay, well, if this is what you want, this is what I need to get there. Yeah, I I, I understand. And I uh, I must say that I, I agree with, especially with that last part of, of your answer about uh, asking for more things. I mean, at the end of the day, if you, if you see that, uh, it will be really helpful for you and for the company ultimately um, to have, I don't know, a tool to to have someone help you uh, in that process of setting things up uh, and trying to, to understand what's going on um, or even to get some strategic guidance. I guess that, you know, people should ask for help. Um, this is at least what I understand from your, from your answer. And I think that uh, it's, it's, a, it's an important message uh for for people who are listening to this uh episode um now the last question that please yes Sorry, i don't mean to interrupt you i also think that when you do talk about how your work impacts business outcomes specifically that's language that leadership understands right um they don't necessarily want to get in the nitty-gritty of what you're doing but but that if you're if you're trying to make a case right you want to you want to use that language that they understand and then also tying things to budget and showing how well this this software or having this extra data is going to make you more efficient with spend or show them how you can lower you know cac or cac sorry <laughs> i like to say cac for some reason CAC. um or how it can impact you know customer ltv like we were talking about before um 
when you show them that that this is that these are the things that will be impacted ultimately people just want to make money or save money and if you can if you can show the uh, show you know your boss that that's what you're trying to get at i think you can build a pretty good business case for getting software or or you know additional data yeah this is where all uh everything boils down to uh making money or saving money i guess you, you framed it uh like uh perfectly uh last question i have for you phoebe where can people find out more um and uh, get in touch if they'd like sure um you can find out more about notch on notch.com you can also find me on linkedin my name is phoebe noche um add me as a as a connection that's great we will drop these links in the show notes um and I think that we will have to uh, get you back on the show at some point uh, because there are so many aspects of uh, attribution that you know we haven't we haven't touched on and that are unexplored and unfortunately are not a big part of the conversation because they make most people feel uncomfortable about the work that they do because the truth is that um, we do all these things on a daily basis but at the end of the day no one really likes to you know be measured against specific metrics and um to to have some uh like metrics that they need to uh to get to and so on and so forth so thank you very much for the uh, really insightful conversation uh, and really lo looking forward to a follow-up episode uh sometime in the in the near future awesome thank you so much this was really fun thank you for staying with us until the end before you go i'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and Analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrs.com slash awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time!